I have prepared a little introduction, if that is okay with you. Yes, please. Okay, so we have my colleague Viviane Fischer and myself, she has just joined us. Uh, we are the ones who, uh, with the help of Wolfgang Vodak, set up the German Corona Investigative Committee, which uh, started to work um, in, uh, on, on July 10th of 2020. Our idea was then that we would get answers to those questions that we couldn't expect any answers uh, from our government and, and or the mainstream media. We did not know when we first started to work how pervasive the corruption is that we are now dealing with. Um, in the meantime, we have spoken to over 150 renowned scientists from all over the world, including Dr. Uh, Robert Malone, who invented the mRNA vaccine technique, uh, uh, Dr. Mike Yeadon, who is a former vice president of Pfizer, Professor Luc Montagnier, who is a Nobel Prize winner from uh, France, and other people from, for example, with a, sci uh, with a financial uh, background, including Catherine Austin Fitz, who is a former investment banker and a former um, assistant secretary of housing and urban development in the United States. And after we have, um, um, after about a half a year, um, it turned out that not just Germans were tuning into what we were, uh, we were trying to uh, find out, uh, but many people from all over the world, including many lawyers, international lawyers, asked us to put them in touch with uh, some of the experts who we spoke with and to help them with their own individual cases that they filed in the United States and Canada and in other parts of the world, India, Africa. Uh, the last uh, case that we helped file is an, a really important case that we filed in South Africa with their constitutional court. Now, everybody believes that South Africa is a very corrupt country, and it probably is, but the constitutional court is not corrupt. In fact, Viviane and myself spoke with the former president of the constitutional court. He uh, had to resign after two terms in office in October of, uh, of last year, and uh, he knows everything. He understands the whole story. He sees the whole picture. And that is what we're trying to make known to the general public through our, uh, um, uh, our grand jury uh, investigation. We started this, it's a legal proceeding, and we started this this past Saturday with uh, five opening statements from myself, uh, our American colleague, Anna Garner, our uh, Indian colleague, Deepali Oja, and our um, South African colleague, Dexter Reinefeld. And, um, the over of the overview that we're trying to um, convey to the people includes the following. This is just an introduction, and then I'll um, we'll turn over, and you will ask us questions. Um, at first glance, what we're seeing, we, we we have a puzzle of a thousand pieces, maybe, but in the meantime, I think we can see 950 of these pieces, so we get a pretty clear picture of what's going on, and these. Only at first glance does it seem very complicated, but if you take a closer look, it's easy to see what's really going on. Uh, what we will uh, show through this proceeding, which will continue next weekend with uh, the first uh, expert witnesses whom we will interview, are four sets of facts. 
The first one is there is no corona pandemic, but only a PCR test pandemic fueled by an elaborate psychological operation designed to create a constant state of panic among the world's population. This agenda has been long planned, as we have found out. It's ultimately unsuccessful. Precursor was the swine flu some 12 years ago, and it was cooked up by a group of super rich, psychopathic and sociopathic people who hate and fear people at the same time, have no empathy and are driven by the desire to gain full control over all of us, the people of the world. They're using many of our governments. Not all governments are corrupted, but many are. They're using many of our governments and the mainstream media, both of which they literally own in order to convey panic propaganda 24-7. That's the first um, set of facts that we will show to the people through this proceeding. The second is the virus itself can be treated safely and effectively with vitamin C, D, zinc, and others, and also with off-label use of ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, and other medications. But all these we shouldn't call them alternative methods of treatment, but real methods of treatment were banned by those who are using the guise of this pandemic to push their ultimate goal, which is to get everyone to receive the, as we will show, um, well, ineffective, but highly dangerous experimental injections. The third set of facts is the same people who made the swine flu, which ultimately turned out to be a mild flu. Dr. Vodak is the one who uh, exposed this 12 years ago. The same people who made the swine flu into a pandemic 12 years ago by first changing the definition of a pandemic and then creating panic created this corona pandemic. The swine flu was their first real attempt at creating a pandemic. And just as one of its purposes then was to divert our attention from the blatantly fraudulent activities of their financial industry, more aptly to be called a financial mafia, which had become visible through the Lehman crisis. This is also one of their ma major purposes of this corona pandemic. Had we taken a closer look then, 12 years ago, instead of blindly believing our government's promises that the perpetrators of those financial crimes will be held liable, we would have seen that they had been looting and plundering our public coffers for decades, at least for decades. And we would have seen that our governments are not our governments anymore. Rather, they have been taken over or hostage even by the other side through their main platform, the World Economic Forum, which had started to create their own global leaders through their Young Global Leaders Program as early as 1992, two of the first graduates being Angela Merkel and Bill Gates. And we would have understood, had we taken a closer look 12 years ago, what we will show you now through this international proceeding. These financial crimes went unchallenged by our politicians because they are aiding and abetting those who commit them and profiting from these crimes. A fourth fact pattern, fact pattern, ultimately, we will show through this proceeding that the other side's main purpose is to gain full and complete control over all of us, each and every one of us. This involves the finalization of their looting and plundering by deliberately destroying our small and medium-sized businesses, retail business, hotel and restaurants, so that platforms such as Amazon can take over. And this ultimately involves what they call population control. 
which in their view requires both a massive reduction of the population and manipulating the DNA of the remaining population with the help, uh, for example, of mRNA experimental injections. But it also requires, in their view again, the deliberate destruction of democracy, the rule of law, and of our constitutions through chaos, so that ultimately we will agree to losing our national and cultural identities, and instead will accept a one-world government under the UN, which is now under the control of them and their World Economic Forum, and a digital passport through which our each and every move is monitored and controlled, and one digital currency, which we will only be able to receive from one world bank, theirs, of course. So that is what we're going to show through this proceeding. We have many experts, dozens of experts whom we have interviewed um, during the course of our uh, Corona Investigative Committee, uh, but more will uh, join us. And it's already now looking as though this is picking up great steam because many people uh, have contacted us after the first day. Thank you very much. Uh, I would like to introduce myself uh, just to have a, a very brief introduction. I'm Shoaib al I am from a citizen from the state of Kuwait. Um, and now I am uh, MB uh, on Kuwait Parliament, which we call it National Assembly. Uh, I am the uh, head of human rights, human rights defending committee in the Parliament. Uh, now, as you are aware, uh, I call uh, this this uh, disaster and what is going on on the world uh, death and wealth. They want to kill us to have a wealth to exactly. fill their pockets from money. So our life is nothing for them. In fact, we are in our region and in the Middle East, we have a, 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 a very um, small limitation uh, on democracy. And usually we are looking for Europe and the United States as uh, the lights of the democracy. But the, during this uh, period, when this uh, COVID start, we are uh, feeling that day by day, the light of democracy in Europe and the United States is going down. So uh, I am worried uh, because of this crimes, what they are planning, I'm worried that someday both of us in Europe and in our region will live in darkness if we don't move to defend the humans. If we be silent, if we do, don't defend ourselves and the humans. Our government here in Kuwait is trying to force us to take the vaccination. And, you know, our population is uh, 5 million. Uh, the Kuwaitis are 1.5 million. 
Still, there is around 600,000 Kuwaitis. They refuse to be vaccinated. And this is a good sign for us. Our main problem with the in-charge people here. The in-charge people in our region, they are our followers, but they don't know what they are following. They are taking us to a crime. They will feel the result and the size of this crime, I think the next six or the six months or the next year. So now we should uh, put a union with all peoples around the world to protect and defend our right, our health, our human, our people, our countries from such a little criminals. As you are aware, and as I aware, may somebody do not aware about this uh, thing. How many cases against Pfizer in the past because of their hanky-panky ways during manufacturing the medicine and a lot of cases, and they have complained around $2.3 million in the United States. Everybody knows these things. We are as a doctors, you are as a doctors and scientific and uh, media people, uh, politics, know this thing, but the people don't know that there is many cases before this pandemic start against Pfizer and uh, another manufacturer. Now I have such a written uh, question for Dr. Woodard. And, uh, you know, uh, since the answers is very sensitive, I would like to read this question. Uh, and uh, we have arranged it uh, because, you know, this is a very sensitive uh, question and uh, very sensitive uh, answers. We, we, we need the, the, the truth. The people should know the truth, the details the truth. We should know the details the truth to say to the people, wake up, wake up. You should worry more and more about what is going on against your health, against your community, against your economic, against your countries. So if Mr. Dr. Woodard can listen to me and I will ask him some questions, then we will go to the other uh, kind and respectable colleague uh, with us. It's okay? Yeah. Of course that is okay. Yeah. You, 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 you put, you, 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 nailed the the, you nailed it on the head. This is about the people understanding that the whole picture so that they will know that no one will come to their rescue. No cavalry, no one will turn on the lights. It's us the people of the world who have to unite and fight this together. It is not the Russians against the Americans. It's not the, the Muslims against the Jews. It's not the Germans against the French. It's not the vaccinated against the unvaccinated. It's all of us against this small group of super rich uh, psychopaths and sociopaths. Once people understand that, they will be able to react accordingly. But you have to see the whole picture first. 
I'm sorry about being so rude. I, I should have introduced myself. I'm, I have been a lawyer for 28 years. I specialize in consumer protection. I'm admitted to the bar in Germany and in the, in the US state of California. My colleague Viviane Fischer is both a lawyer and an economist. And Dr. Wolfgang Wodak is a medical doctor with years and years of experience. He's a lung specialist. And during the swine flu, he was a member of the German parliament and of the Council of Europe. And because he held these powerful positions, he was able to expose the swine flu as a mild flu. But even then, they had started the vaccinations and this has um, turned 1,300 children, most of them from Scandinavia, um, they're now uh, permanently disabled because they suffer from narcolepsy. Oh, thank you. It is a clear. I would like to, to ask uh, Dr. Godar, uh, can you tell us how many deaths could have been avoided had healthcare workers and doctors around the world used early treatment and preventative measures? And Dr. Reiner, can you tell us what are the legal implications that ministries of health worldwide can be caused the sanction because they sanctioned 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 sorry uh the safe and the effective use of treatments such as ivermectin as you know and uh can you describe how these safe treatments were demonized by the cdc I think if I can answer uh, some of this question, I cannot answer all of them because I, do, I myself have, don't have uh, experiments, uh, experiences with um, ivermectin and I know hydroxychloroquine from, from malaria and from rheumatism and I know that both of them, both of those remedies may be useful in fighting some infection with also with coronavirus. But, um, you know, this is what we what we observe is there is uh, nothing that which would force us to do extraordinary treatments because we have we have the flu and uh, we observe always we have a, a state institution it's called robert koch institute which is uh, doing some uh, it's doing some epidemiology of the flu wave each year so we can pair we can compare whether there are more people getting ill or not and you see this is this is, uh, I just show you, I, I can show you a map. This is Germany in, in uh, January. No, this is in May 2021. I have a better picture. I make it easier like this. I show it here on the screen. You see, this is normally the map of Germany looks like when it's, when it's yellow or when it's red, there are many cases of flu. This was in the year 17, 16, 17. And you see, this is a normal winter. And in the winter of the pandemic, Germany looked like that. There were much less cases, there was nothing going on. And um, this is this is the this is the this is the sentinel, which is regularly uh, full, uh, uh, performed. And uh, so we don't have the numbers that tell us that more people are getting ill with respiratory diseases. And I can also uh, tell you that then with the emergency cases, while people get to, to hospitals, they observe it too, it's the same. Uh, 
there there is the we have always in winter we have more respiratory acute diseases and many of them go to the hospital and uh, this was less in the last year it was less not more and when you when you see the emergency cases i have a i try to have this this pictures here now just a second i'll have them here yeah So I have to, to take the screen, right? So take this one. So here you can see, you can see this picture. There you see the waves of emergency cases going to hospital here. And you see there's nothing happening. This is uh, all the time, all the year, two years almost. You can see nothing serious is going on. This is 21, 22, uh, 20 and 2019. It's all the same. Nothing extraordinary happens with emergency cases or with lung diseases. And this is the official re register made by those stations here in Germany. They, they usually monitor that. But when you look at what's going on with the with these, uh, with other other reasons for emergency cases, you see this is the cardiovascular uh, emergency cases in the same time, and there you see suddenly they are climbing up and very much they are almost doubling here, and you see this is cardiovascular cardiovascular emergencies, and you see they are they go parallel to the people getting vaccinated i put in the background here the the curve of of the uh, the vaccination curve of the population in germany and you see it's almost parallel and it's it's just it seems to be directly dependent on on the on the rate of of vaccinated people and the same we have the same we have with uh, people no just a second the same we have with neurologic uh, cases like like strokes and other things. You see, this is normal here before the vaccination started. And then here started the vaccination. And then this went up and doubled at least. And this is very severe. So no respiratory disease. Vaccination. This, is, this is the people getting vaccinated. And this is the observed rate of people going to intensive care because of neurologic uh, severe cases and it's just parallel so we we can assume that uh, the the during this time when the people got vaccinated many more cases of emergency to neurological and cardiovascular diseases so that's to say vascular disease vascular diseases in the brain and in the heart uh, happened and and uh, led to many many more diseases and this is uh, also to be seen in the in <clears throat> in other in other states. We have seen there are I don't have the I don't have the the pictures now of Great Britain, but they have a national health service which is very well registering the epidemiological data. And there you see that those people being vaccinated, that they have a they have a lethality which is almost double than that of the non-vaccinated. So it's um, it's very clear that many, many uh, consequences of this, of this uh, effect we already see here. Uh, 
you know, this is in March 21, when the vaccination had just started, it started here. This were the side effects of all vaccination against measles, against tetanus, against everything. And then suddenly the side effects skyrocket. And this is only from this, um, from those uh, Pfizer, AstraZeneca, Moderna. And this is, has never been, we have never had any vaccination having so much side effects and having so much uh, very, very severe side effects. So we think I can sum up that there is nothing extraordinary going on with the flu and Corona has to be seen as one variation of the flu. It was always, coronaviruses were always part of the flu. They were always included. There were nothing extra. We have more than 100 viruses that do the same symptoms, respiratory symptoms, and coronaviruses, are, are, they, they are just part of them. And uh, nothing extraordinary happened with them. If you see the observations of the German, of the German Robert Koch Institute, you see it here. You see that this is what they observed now when they tried to analyze which viruses were responsible for their respiratory diseases, which not have not been become more. They just this is just a routine thing. And there you see that this this red this red stuff is the red is the old coronaviruses. We already know them for a long time. This is SARS-CoV-2, the violet one. It's less than the old one. They are still both they are both there, and they both do similar symptoms. We know that there is also complications with influenza. There's complications with the respiratory syncytial virus and so on. They all make complications. They all have make severe cases and Corona also makes severe cases, but this is nothing, nothing special. And you see that uh, coronavirus is always about one quarter. And this is a little bit more here the last in winter, but the, the SARS-CoV-2, is uh, just 13% of all the, the flu cases. So we can say that there is, no, there is no reason that we have to do some extraordinary measurements and or I have to be afraid. It's just the same procedure as, as each year. And um, what, we, what we parallelly observe is the number of cases, but the number of cases is the number of positive PCR tests and they have nothing to do with diseases. They are just results of tests. And we have a test pandemic and not a pandemic with, with, with virus diseases. And this is the, the big problem to distinguish this and the media that don't help us to do it. And here's the thing. Um, there have been no, there has been no excess mortality from this virus. We don't dispute that there's a virus out there. Um, we don't know if it's a natural virus. There is a lot of evidence that points in the direction of this being a manufactured, a man-made virus because of these so-called um, uh, gain-of-function experiments. But the human Im immune system is such a magical protection system that it even protects us against if this is a man-made virus against this virus. There was no excess mortality anywhere. And those spikes of mortality that uh, the mainstream media used in order to um, instill panic in the people in Bergamo, for example, or in New York, they were all caused by serious medical malpractice, by 
prescribing the wrong medication and the wrong treatments, including remdesivir, which is deadly, including uh, intubation, which is not needed in most of these cases, uh, and including other just panic-mongering um, tools. Um, it is only after the so-called vaccination started that we have seen excess mortality and other very, very serious side effects. Our colleague Tom Rents from the United States just presented to in a, in a Senate hearing, he presented to Senator Ron Howard uh, what he got, the numbers that he got from the military. The American military is the largest in the world, and uh, it, it, it includes many, many people. For example, hypertension. There is a spike of 2,181% after vaccination. Diseases of the nervous system, 1,048% increase. Malignant neoplasms of the esophagus, that's cancer. Um, a spike of 890%, 94%. Multiple sclerosis, 680% increase. Um, Guillain-Barre syndrome, 555 uh, increase. Uh, breast cancer, 487% increase, and so on and so on. So that is what happened after the vaccinations, and we all have to take into consideration and realize that these are not vaccinations. A vaccination is defined as a vaccination because it um, immunizes you. It um, makes you immune from contracting the disease, and sterile immunization is when you cannot um, infect anyone else. This, these shots do not do that. They do not immunize you. Everyone knows that, even the makers of the vaccines agree that they don't know if their products provide us with immunity. They also explicitly state in the written documents that they turned over to the regulatory agencies, the EMA in Europe and the FDA in the United States, they even agree that they don't know if these um, products are dangerous or safe. They don't know it. So that is the net result. And we believe, having looked into the documents and also into some of the uh, contracts that um, they entered into here in, the, in Europe, it's the European Union on the one hand, and the vaccine makers on the other hand, uh, but we've seen some of the contracts and this is precisely what they're saying in these contracts. We don't know if they're effective. We don't know if they're safe. Uh, if something goes wrong, we want you, our uh, contractual partner, the European Union or the United States uh, to indemnify us. And if there are alternative methods of treatment, we still want you to buy our so-called vaccines. This is a huge scandal, as we've never seen it before. These contracts are completely void ab initio. That means they're void right from the start because there are no real contracts. Um, one side gets everything and the other side gets nothing. Indemnity means, of course, that we cannot go after them in the courts of law. And that is another scandal. Mm -hmm. So can, we tell, can you tell us uh, how death toll was used, create there to force people to take the vaccine? Do you have an, an idea what, what are the accurate 
death rate numbers and what is the around the deaths caused by hospitals protocols you know the protocol of the hospital uh, yeah, my brother um, my brother uh, have a little bit inflow when he go to to the hospital uh, they use um, a lot of uh, medicine which we don't know uh, suddenly he die after two weeks and a lot of people face the same thing a lot of people in Kuwait have been dead because of uh, as 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 I as I understand or as I believe whether the vaccine or the protocol yes we have many experts one of them is Dr Brian Artis from Texas he explained in great detail how the people in New York died because of the wrong treatment because of withholding of effective medication which exists and instead giving these people the wrong treatments including remdesivir including using intubation much too early um, in the meantime we know that the scary pictures from bergamo and from new york were used for just that purpose to scare people but in reality we see the same pictures every year from the very same hospitals in New York because they're always crowded during the flu season. By the way, the same is happening in Germany and in most other countries. Same overcrowding of the hospitals when the flu uh, season arrives. But in the meantime, we have learned that 94% of the people in New York and in Bergamo who allegedly died of COVID, died of completely other causes. Uh, same story is true in Sweden, for example. 85% um, of the people who allegedly died of COVID died of completely other causes. But my friend and colleague uh, Viviana can maybe give you some more details on this. Um, well, I just wanted to add that um, the uh, we the Corona Committee is um, collaborating and partly financing the work of uh, the uh, two, uh, group of pathologists, like actually like they're internationally connected, and they have um, done some autopsies on people who deceased um, uh, shortly after in temporal connection with the vaccination, and they found out that um, there's a spike protein that can be a typical um, aspect of it that so it makes it clear that it stems from the vaccination and that can be found in the organs and um, basically in all the organs or most of the organs of the deceased and also uh, as part of the for instance the thrombosis that developed after the vaccination and these people <laughs> um, seven out of ten uh, really died like in it seems very, very likely causal connection with the uh, vaccination. So like myocarditis or like thrombosis, these kinds of things. And these people are working, these pathologists, um, they're um, really very experienced. They're like continuing their work now and they're coming. We know that there's going to be like additional information coming up soon um, with regards to, to showing so we, that we are even more able or that it's become easier and easier to show the, the causal connection with the vaccination and the damages that's then been done uh, that caused the death of the, the um, patients. Dr. Wodak has yes. taken apart in medical scientific interviews conducted by the Corona Committee with different medical professionals and their, speci their specialized fields. 
Can you please tell us about the dangers of these exper experimental vaccines, vaccines on the human body, heart injury, blood uh, clots, yes. uh, um, and pregnancy, uh, and the rays in cancer, as Dr. Ryan could describe, and of course, all other list of vaccine injuries that have been reported. And do you, and do we even know what are the future? Yes, we know that uh, this, uh, what the so-called vaccines make in our body is very toxic. They are mRNA and they are uh, introduced in, in, in our muscles. And we don't know exactly where they go from the muscle. We just know there are billions of nanoparticles or there are virus vector viruses that spread in our body. And the lymphatic system is very, uh, it seems to be the, one of their uh, preferred goals. And there we, have, there we have many side effects. There is another side effect that happens when the, the injection is given by chance accidentally uh, into a vein. Then it's very dangerous for the heart and you, have, you get myocarditis and you get severe lung damage. So this happens too. And this happens more with young sporty men because they have much more blood in the muscle and this, it's much more bigger risk that, uh, that, the, that this uh, jab and that the contents, the mRNA goes into the blood. This is very dangerous. And the normal, the normal thing is, or what should happen, what they want us is that the mRNA goes somewhere in, in our body into the cells. And this happens in the vessels, in the blood vessels, because uh, they, they come, they are transported then by, lymph, by the lymphatic system or by the blood system everywhere. And they, when it, then the blood flows slowly, then they can enter the endothelia of the, of the blood vessels. And there, there is a, they start producing the spike proteins. And the spike proteins are presented to the blood, to the flowing blood, and there are immune cells coming and destroying those cells that produce the spike, uh, the spike protein. So there is an infection then, and there's also a damage in the endothelia and a damage in the whole tissue. And we see a lymphatic infection, we see the lymphocytes everywhere, we see it in the heart, we see it also in the lung, and we see it in all organs where the spike protein is, uh, is being produced after the mRNA has got into our cells. So what happens is that we get genetically modified. What the mRNA is a genetical te technology, genetic technology, which changes our cells to produce things they never could produce before. And they produce very toxic things. The spike protein is a very toxic protein. And it normally doesn't go to the blood. Coronaviruses have spike proteins, but they stay in our throat normally. They don't go to the blood. And now they are injected and they spread all over the body. And this makes the thrombosis. This, this makes the thrombosis in, the, in some veins in the brain, where the, where the people get the neurological dis, acute diseases. And all those acute consequences of the vaccinations, they happen in the first two weeks. So this is the most dangerous time. And uh, there is a trick when they, when they count uh, the people who are, who are ill now, they, they count only, they say vaccinated 
and unvaccinated. And they compare it. And the people who have got uh, the two the two shots already, in the first two weeks after the second shot, they they say that those people are unvaccinated because they start calculating them as vaccinated only two weeks after the shots, which is a very bad trick because the side effects happen in the first two weeks. And this is this so like that, you cannot use the statistics very well. It's uh, we in Germany, we don't have good statistics and we don't uh, have a good overview. We have indirectly to, to try to find out what happens. And like that, we have those pathologists that dare to open those people and have a look what happened really. You know, the hospitals, and this is, I have this, I have this uh, picture here. The hospitals, they can, they get extra money when they, when they have the diagnosis COVID-19. And uh, you see it here. So here you see this, um, the German intensive care, the German intensive care beds. And this is the beds occupied here, the green one all the time from March 20 until January 21, nothing happens. And so this went on afterwards too. It's only what happened is that there were free beds because they was afraid and they paid 560 euros a day for a free bed. The hospitals, when they kept, when they reserved a free bed for in case COVID-19 comes, then they got 560 euros a day for such a bed, which is a lot of money and they don't need uh, stuff in the, for those beds because there's no one in. So you see the patient's number doesn't change. And even if the COVID-19 diagnosis was there, this is what it's down here. It didn't make any effect in the, at the end here because it were not more. They just, they just were renamed. There was the test positive. And there was a test positive with accidents. There was a test positive with heart attacks. So the test has nothing to do with what happened in the intensive care places. But the hospital got more money with a positive test. And this is why they, they, they labeled the, t the diseases COVID-19, which made the big numbers and which is nothing than a, it's just a, uh, yeah, it's a crime what they do. It's not right. It's not right. So, so far, perhaps. There's an American doctor who in a video, a black American doctor in a video explained how they paid the hospitals to kill the people. They paid them for a, for the diagnosis of COVID, which of course is not a diagnosis of COVID. It was only a positive PCR test. They paid them for treating them um, with intubation, for example, as though they were sick yes. of COVID. They paid them uh, extra money for all these little steps. They got paid for each and every one of the steps that says this is a COVID patient. And even the undertakers get paid extra money and the hospital too, if the person who dies is labeled as a COVID death. But in truth, 95% of the people who died in New York, 94% of the people who died in Bergamo died of completely other causes. So even if you were tested positive, 
and 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 you had no um, had no symptoms whatsoever. So it means you only were tested positive. But then they count you as a COVID case. And then if you run if you run over by a truck, you're still counted as a COVID death. It does not make any sense. This is a gigantic fraud. Um, Wolfgang, could you maybe speak to the problems that um, have been become uh, known uh, from this Pfizer study uh, on the pregnant women? Yes, this is a very I sad. That's an important piece of information. It's a very sad story. There was a there was a Pfizer study that was uh, it was hidden, and Pfizer wanted uh, this, the FDA to hide it for 55 years, not to publish it. And uh, there was someone in the U.S. going to court and uh, he, he wanted to, it's the Information Freedom Act, and he wanted to have this data from the, from the study, and he won. So they had to publish this. And they, they had a look on what happened, and they found out that Pfizer made uh, clinical trials in, in, in Brazil, and they, they vaccinated hospital staff. And there, there were many nurses also, and there were pregnant nurses that were vaccinated. And they counted those pregnant nurses that were vaccinated. It was 270 women. And in the end, in this report from Pfizer, there were only some 32 left. They just dropped the other ones. And they just uh, made data, gave data from the 32. But from those 32, there were uh, 20, I think 28 or 27. They lost their babies. And um, they, the, those people who, who, had a who had a close look on the data, and they, they suppose now, if the, if the other woman, those from those 260, if they would have kept their babies, they would have published it. And they they just think that they that most of the most of the women who got this vaccination during pregnancy that they lost their children, which is a very very alarming thing, and which is which is a child murder even. And and they wanted to hide those results for 55 years. And the FDA was was okay with that. Only the court said no. You have to publish. And we have also information from Berlin, from a large hospital where, you know, women got vaccinated, for instance, one person in, uh, you know, like uh, th week 38 and immediately lost the child afterwards. And, you know, with uh, uh, several uh, women, uh, it, it happened that way. But the thing is, they're not reporting this. The, the hospitals keeping they're keeping this all this information secret because maybe they were involved in the vaccination uh, process maybe they recommended getting vaccinated so like later in the pregnancy and uh, you know now they fear the liability problems and uh, so it's it's a huge thing that's that's kept secret but we hear it more and more from from uh, basically victims and from uh, doctors involved yeah mm -hmm. This is with many, many doctors we, who give this vaccination. They get a lot of money for it. They get 30 euro for one injection, which is very much because it's just, it's just a fast thing to do. And normally when they do a sonography of the abdomen, they, they, get, uh, they get 15 euros and, and or they get much, much less. And so this is a, a, a real bargain for the doctors. When they when they have several patients a day, they they earn thousands of of euros each month with this vaccinations and PCR test, and those doctors who follow them and who just are part of this game, 
they they feel i think they they don't want to see they cannot see if someone gets side effects and even dies they just um, say no no it's not from that it's not because they would make themselves guilty and this is why there are so little cases reported then we we have to think that there the cases that really happen are much are many more than than those that are reported we we estimate that it's about between 1 and 5% that are reported from the, all those cases happening side effects this is a very we have to add a lot and uh, the studies we know we the studies that were published they show about between 300 and 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 about around 60 depending on the vaccine 60 side side uh, death uh, among 100,000 being vaccinated which would be enormous enormous number normally if i can tell you if we have a flu wave in 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 winter all the death people from all flu cases we have 100,000 people you have around 25 people dying from flu and now from this vaccines they you have up to 300 people dying from only this vaccine and corona is only one part of the flu so this is a very big damage and and it's in no relation with any positive effect we don't see positive positive effects we only see negative effects mm. And uh, one last remark. So we went on a field trip uh, and talked to um, vaccination uh, victims like in various towns in Germany. And what we could also see is that there's a lot, a huge amount of discrimination going on. So they don't even dare to, um, you know, talk uh, about their damages or like the problems, health problems they suffer after vaccination, even in their close um, surroundings or like talk to their doctors they're being laughed at and in the worst case scenario they're even like being discriminated against that they're like uh, you know corona deniers or like um, that they're critical like opponents or like uh, who knows what so it's a little bit it's a huge problem for them to even find treatment and of course these cases are not reported and not uh, told to anyone so there's also a, not enough warning going on with regards to people who might be in the process of deciding whether they want to be vaccinated or not um, sorry to to uh, disturb to disturb you uh, by a lot of questions but but this is the people this is what we need uh, and the people need to understand and to have uh, the exact uh, information from a specialist and in uh, specialist in uh, medical and specialist in and uh, and law and uh, our other specialists uh, colleagues, friends, and all around the world. So, sorry, be patient with me, because uh, this, this is the questions of people. So, uh, thank you very much to, to be patient. Uh, Dr. Wodark, Professor Locke, who has spoken uh, in Corona Committee, has about the danger of creating declared mutation of viruses because of mass vaccination. Can you tell me about his comments? He is. He also recently issued a statement that the people who have taken the third vaccine should take an AIDS test. Can you explain why and what he means? Yes, you know, the mutations, uh, the mutations happen anyway. They, they happen thousands of mutations each year from, from if you compare one virus you have, you found on the day one, 
one year later you have similar to this virus you have about 4000 or 5000 mutations you could refer in the taxonome they make such trees where they say which relations are there and so on so but you have to say that viruses are always changing and very often the the virus is not the same as as uh, as that one that was there two weeks ago it doesn't it doesn't mean that the, you see this on the on the you can see this on the on the proteins of the virus this is this so called clades and we have we have the 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 informations that the clades that they change you know this is the delta clade and you saw the omicron clade and all those clades and we this this is not a new thing this is already going on for thousands of years this is nothing new in nature this is what's always happening and we we have to, we know that the sars virus since 2002 and 2003 from from china and since then it was always there and was changing all the time so just um, if there is a new virus if there should happen a new virus you know the new virus is always only successful when it doesn't kill us when it doesn't make us seriously ill because when the virus it makes us seriously ill we stay in bed when we don't infect others and if we die you know we don't cough anymore we, it's just that we <laughs> it's just that we you cannot infect other people when you're dead and i think this is this is very this is very important to understand dangerous viruses are self limiting and uh, viruses that are less dangerous they are very successful they spread everywhere and we get used to them and we live together with them so this is the normal thing and this we know from many many other viruses too and the same i suppose or i i think I, we can see already happens with the coronaviruses too so i'm not afraid even if somebody some bad people make some artificial virus in some laboratory this virus will if it is dangerous it will do something in the neighborhood in the family of the workers there or so and then there will be happen some dangerous thing but if you want to spread this virus all over the world you have to go from person to person and bring it there because the virus because the virus uh, doesn't is not uh, yeah is is killing the host and you so the host is of no use when when the virus wants to spread so what what i am afraid is that now we are transporting something like the some some virus from we bring them to to the single person by the injection if you if you inject yet now some substances that produce parts of viruses or even if you inject uh, viruses as a vector as a vector they are they are viruses they are genetically modified and they can spread they could spread and they even make clinical studies now with viruses to replicate within ourselves so self replicating vaccines this is what they try out now they have about eight eight self replicating tricks uh, vaccines that are in clinical trials but even that you know if they are, if they should be dangerous that would be the same with the self limitation this is um, this is nothing so serious but you can but you can spread them by giving giving the jabs to many people yes that's true why have scientists, scientists and doctors described this virus and vaccine as a bioweapon? Can you explain that? And uh, should you like to address any ministries 
uh, or on or any ministers of defense about the geopolitical implication of weaponized virus and vaccine can you have on any severage company uh, countries you know there are weapons that are dangerous and they threaten us and when you have a when you have a uh, when you have a weapon and your enemy is threatened he will he will be very cautious to make war and he will be afraid that you have a very good weapon so this is very often that people just try to threaten with some dangerous thing and the bioweapon like the virus uh, such a respiratory virus as a bioweapon i think is not is not very very powerful because of those i just i just explained and uh, so i think even if there are some people who try to acquire money or to to get to get jobs done to 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 do something with with for military and they get a lot of money there for the scientists that, that they try out some things i think there's it's not very promising uh, according to danger to 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 uh, make new dangerous weapons i think that the that the bio that the, uh, the respiratory virus as a bioweapon um, doesn't work and uh, what Montagnier said that there is some some genetically information that is similar to to the AIDS virus maybe maybe they tried it i i heard about that i i read about that and uh, it depends whether you whether you find it whether you find it in with a pcr test i don't know pcr test just takes some letters of a big big book with words and uh, so depends on the pcr test what you find and i think he she, he wants to look for those letters which are also to be found in the AIDS virus that there are such such nuclear nuclear acids in the in the in some coronavirus which are artificially may produced but i think it's this is of no epidemiological uh, yeah value relevance yeah the bioweapons really not the virus just as uh, dr vodak explained if a virus is to, supposed to be a bioweapon it's probably not going to work because if it's really dangerous it's kill, it kills the host and therefore it cannot spread what the real the real bioweapon is the second part of these gain of function experiments and those are the vaccines because if you inject what is otherwise um, uh, fought by your immune system if you bypass your immune system and inject it directly into the body that's just as dr vodak explained that's when it becomes really dangerous that's when you get the toxins the the spike protein into the body where it causes all kinds of blood clotting and other uh, autoimmune diseases so that is the real bioweapon that's what think, we no, should fight i think this is not bioweapon what they we are doing what they are doing and what they what they try out now is just that they get the possibility by the politicians now to try out everything they have patents on they always wanted to try out uh, gene therapy with human beings and the, the population never wanted to be genetically modified. So the populations always said no. And now they found this, they made it this fear, and they took it as a chance just to try out everything that was forbidden before. And now they do it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Dr. Reiner, can you explain how the FDA got emergency use of the vaccine? Uh, and is the FDA approval of the emergency use of this vaccine legal? It's absolutely illegal. This is a gigantic fraud. This is what happened. 
in uh, early January of 2020, when the other side, uh, uh, Catherine Austin Fitz calls the other side, this small group of super rich people which are using millions of uh, puppets all over the world. When the other side wanted to um, declare the public health emergency of international concern, uh, they want the World Health Organization to declare this. The World Health Organization, as we all know, is under the control of its biggest donors, one of them being Bill Gates. So they needed the declaration of a public health emergency of international concern. I'll explain why. And in order to declare such an international emergency, health emergency, you need cases. Cases meaning many infected people. What you really need is many infected people, many people who die, many people who are seriously ill. But um, in this case, they just wanted cases. What is a case? Well, in their definition, a case is someone who tests positive. And in order to get this positive test result, because they didn't have any cases, that there were no infected people, they told this now infamous Professor Drosten of Charité University in Berlin, come up with a test. And that's what he did. He invented a test, he invented two lies. He lied blatantly to the entire world because his lies were, uh, were uh, forwarded through the World Health Organization. One, he said, we have asymptomatic infections. That's a lie because a person who has no symptoms is healthy. Go, go see a doctor, tell him, I have a problem, I just don't know what it is. The first question that the doctor will ask you is, what symptoms do you have? What are you going to say, Drosden and his idiocy? <laughs> no, there are no asymptomatic infections, but that's what was used by the World Health Organization, by the other side, by Mr. Global, in order to put people in panic, to make them afraid of everyone, because everyone, even those who look perfectly healthy, could be potentially dangerous. That's the idea behind this. We know he's lying and we can show it in a court of law. And then the second thing, and that is much more important, is he came around with his PCR test claiming, I have invented a PCR test which, which can tell you exactly who is really infected. That is what's behind mass screening, mass testing of perfectly healthy people. We know now, because we've asked all these scientists, we know now that a PCR test, which is a great tool for scientific purposes, but it is not even admitted for diagnostic purposes. Its creator, the real creator, a genius, not just an idiot like this Drosten guy, a genius by the name of Kerry Mullis, he invented it and got a Nobel Prize for it. He kept telling the people, this is a great tool for scientific purposes, but it is not designed for diagnostic purposes. It cannot tell you if someone is sick or infected. Now, and that's because it cannot tell the difference between live and dead matter. What you, what you may test positive to is the fragments of your body's immune system's fight against the common cold or the flu. It may be four or five months ago, but it cannot tell you if this is an infection because an infection requires uh, the virus to enter your cells and to replicate. And at that moment, you become, you have symptoms. You have a headache or a throat ache or a belly ache or a diarrhea or something. Um, unless you have symptoms, you are not infected. 
So this test per se cannot tell us anything about infections. And the way that this test was set, it was designed, guaranteed to create cases, to create false positive results. How is that? Well, you put the uh, result on the, uh, what you take from the nose or from the throat, the swab, you put it into a machine and then you amplify, you make it larger, you make many, many, many copies. And everyone agrees that at 24 cycles of amplification, uh, amplification, the whole thing becomes totally unscientific. It is totally useless. For example, the Frankfurt um, Institute of um, Public uh, Health doesn't even uh, doesn't even look at any test results that are beyond 24 cycles of amplification. Dr. Mike Yeadon explained to us that at 34, uh, 35 cycles of amplification, you end up with at least 97% false positives. His test and the World Health Organization's test, just like the, the one that was used by the CDC in the United States, was set at 45 cycles of amplification. They needed that because that is the only basis, by their own terminology, they have invented these rules and regulations. The World Health Organization has invented these rules and regulations. We have nothing to do with that. The member states have nothing to do with that. They needed that public health emergency of international concern, not for the mask mandates, not for the lockdowns, not for social distancing, but only for the so-called vaccinations. And that is what they were after right from the beginning. The other steps, lockdown, social distancing, mask mandates, these other steps were only used to make people compliant, uh, to make them agree to everything, to confuse them because the virus, you can't see it. Uh, that's why people are uh, forced to wear, um, I'm sorry, uh, that's why people were forced to wear masks. I mean, they, that is the only visible sign of there being a problem. That's why people are forced to wear masks. The other purpose of this is to make them, to ridicule them, because you look like complete fools when you wear these masks. You look like idiots. And that's what they, that is one of their major purposes. So the answer to, their, to your question is the only basis for the public health emergency of international concern does not exist cases because there were no cases. These cases were create, created through a fraudulent application of the a completely useless diagnostic tool, the uh, PCR test. And because there is no basis, there's no factual basis, there's no legal basis. This whole proceeding, this uh, giving the uh, vaccines emergency use authorization is completely illegal. If you look at the, um, at the uh, trials that were conducted before these uh, emergency use authorization, or in the, in the European Union, it's called uh, conditional use authorization were given. If you look at the trials, the Pfizer trials, they were completely fraudulent. As uh, Dr. Vodak just explained about the side effects, I think there are no side effects. I think this is what they designed, what these vaccines were designed to do, um, sterilizing women. Um, all of these trials are completely um, kaput, as they say in German. It's a gigantic fraud. There is no factual basis for these uh, emergency use authorizations. And of course, there's no legal basis for them either.
there has been a great deal of uh, controversy around the legal protection of the vaccine. Manufacturers against the, any legal cases from vaccine injury or death. Have you, Mr. Reiner, seen a copy of the agreement between the vaccine manufacturers and government or ministries of health? Yes, um, some of these uh, contracts were leaked. Uh, I think one from Albania, another one uh, from Israel. Uh, I think even the European Union managed to see some of these contracts, except everything was uh, deleted. So there's not much you can see. But those contracts that were leaked, I think they're all the same. They show you precisely that the vaccine makers uh, explicitly state that they don't know <laughs> if the vaccines are effective, that they don't know if they're dangerous or safe. And in addition, if something goes wrong, they want the uh, contractual partners, the countries that uh, they entered into a contract with, to uh, indemnify them, to um, hold them free of any judicial proceeding against them. And in addition, it says in these contracts uh, that if there, are all, if there are alternative methods of treatment, the vaccines must still be purchased and used, of course. So this is another huge scandal um, which probably would not have come out into the open if uh, in the United States uh, requests for uh, freedom of information um, uh, uh, under the Freedom of Information Act had not been successful or if these contracts had not been leaked. Does it breach countries or its people's sovereign autonomy written in any of clauses or stipulation in the agreement? I think so, yes. Um, in fact, um, the, here in Europe, um, the um, law that is applicable to the agreement that Pfizer and the others entered into with the European Union, the European Union acting on behalf of its member states, um, this agreement, um, uh, they, they uh, agreed on Belgian law to be applicable. And the Belgian law firm took a look at this agreement and said, this is no agreement whatsoever. Because if you have a contract, then both sides have rights and duties. In this particular case, the only party that has any rights are the vaccine makers. And the other party, the purchasers of the vaccines, have absolutely no rights, no rights, no guarantees, nothing. So this is not a contract. What it does is it illegally encroaches on our, on our sovereignty because we have private companies, private companies, the vaccine makers are private companies who are all of a sudden telling us what to do. They're using our governments, they're using the, um, the uh, authorities that are there to um, take a closer look and to protect us like the German EMA or the American FDA. They're using them and abusing them and they're trying to take over through healthcare. They, they, can, they declare this to be healthcare. They're trying to take our sovereignty away from us. Absolutely. If you have uh, seen vaccine manufacturers and government agreement, can you tell us if the agreements asks government to deny alternate treatment for the treatment of COVID? 
It doesn't do so directly, but it does so indirectly by saying, if you have alternative methods of treatment, you must still purchase under this contract, you must still purchase our vaccines. Indirectly, yes, that is exactly what they're saying. They're asking the governments to deny alternative methods of treatment, even if there are some. Does the agreement include that governments do not report a vaccine injury or deaths? I don't think so. I don't think it does so explicitly, but all of the governments who are participating in this are so overzealous that they did tell the hospitals and doctors that they should not report these cases. In the United States and in, in Europe as well, many doctors don't even know that there's a reporting system because the governments don't tell them. In the United States, we have VAERS, uh, Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System. I think that's what it stands for. Many doctors in the US don't even know about the system. However, those who did report cases, and we know that these cases are underreported by thousands of percent, um, gave us a clear picture. In the US, we can see that since the start of the so-called vaccinations in December of 2020, all the way through, I think, July of 2021, uh, there were at least a half a million deaths after vaccination. I'm not saying that in each and every one of these cases causation has been proved, but this is what happened after vaccination, at least 500,000 deaths, um, uh, even though, even though um, there's a huge effort ongoing to keep doctors and hospitals from reporting these cases. And so our government do not allow any doctors to write about this vaccination or the uh, side effect of this vaccination. Uh, our people uh, suffer I, in silence. Yes, please. Uh, sorry, I would just like to add a little experience that we have made because we were looking at, um, you know, the um, like eight eight deaths that occurred in an old people's home after the vaccination of like 32 um, senior citizens. And I, um, you know, I filed a criminal complaint to the, um, to the, uh, and they said to us, um, you know, they said, uh, no, we're not going to look at it because it doesn't even look like there could have been something wrong. You can see the dynamics that um, are, you know, present in this uh, investigation from government side. And we even had like a paper saying from the general attorney um, uh, in uh, in I think in, in Baden-Württemberg, you know, in one of the German landers, and they said we do not wish to have any op um, autopsies after death after vaccination. So he expli explicitly um, told the district attorneys not to investigate. So you can see, even if it's not written in the contract, it's a very strong dynamic that's being fueled by the government or by the state. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, it would not surprise me, sir, if uh, outside of the written agreements, there are oral agreements between the governments, the member states of the World Health Organization and the vaccine makers or the World Health Organization that uh, say just that, keep people from reporting these cases. It would not surprise me. 
As you're aware that our people suffer in silence because we as Muslims are held by beliefs. Generally, when people die or get sick, we do not question why and accept it. Uh, is uh, faith written by God? Uh, well, this could be why the ministries of health have been getting away with little to not questioning because of our fatalist nature. The reason I asked if there's vaccine injury reporting system is required by laws is because we do not have law for similar vaccine injury reporting system in place. This is why many people suffer vaccine injury and are told by the health system that their illness or the death of their family members is not related to the vaccine. Is this not very ignorant statement because these vaccines are exper experimental? So on what authority are the healthcare system claiming people's injuries after vaccine or not related to the vaccine? Uh, uh, after vaccine are not related to the vaccine. The other issue that adds to this particular problem is for the same religious reasons. We also do not perform autobuses on the raising number of deaths since the pandemic. So the reason of the deaths, so the reason of deaths get buried with the bodies. That's what's happening. Yes. Um, the people are buried or cremated and then you have no evidence anymore because the piece of evidence, the body is gone. Uh, and that is yeah. exactly what they wanted to do. Well, you know, but the thing is, we're all the same. It doesn't matter if you're Muslim or uh, Jewish or Christian, we're all the same. People are all the same. So if the Americans report that 500,000 people died after vaccination, if this is reported in Germany, if this is reported in Israel, similar numbers are being reported or our friend Tom Renz in the United States says, based on the figures that he gets from the military, that for example, there is a 600% increase in infertility in women. These same figures apply to your people as well, because we're all the same. I mean, there's no difference uh, uh, biologically between you and us. So um, despite the fact that you are being told this has nothing to do with the vaccinations. Of course it has to do with the vaccination. And what's happening in the US, in Germany, in Israel is proof of that. So don't let these doctors and don't let the authorities lie to you. Don't get fooled. What happens, <laughs> what happens if somebody is intoxicating the water? Would you just take it like that? And people are dying. I think that you are, there would be yes, there would be there would be an examination. I think, and mm. it's something like it's something. What happens is something like intoxicating the water. And they have intoxicated our prevention. They have intoxicated the prevention against flu, and they misuse it, and we, and people die. So all of us are victims. Can you tell us some more about organizations like theirs or Yellow Card? 
Are they requ requirements by law? Are they independent or managed by the CDC? If yes, wouldn't that fall under a conflict of interest? Which leads me to ask if FAIR's figures are an accurate indication of vaccine injury and death, and the injury and death is actually higher? The answer is yes. Um, both uh, systems in in the UK, yellow card, and in the United States, VAERS, um, are underreporting the real number of adverse events by far. Many people say that in normal times, which is like four, five, six years ago, only 1%, between 1% and 10%, probably closer to 1% of the actual numbers are being reported. We do not live in normal times. Everything is done uh, both in the United States and in the United Kingdom and in other countries where they have these uh, reporting system. Everything is done to keep the doctors, to keep the families from reporting the real numbers. So we uh, have come to the conclusion that the numbers that are officially being reported in the United States are less than 1% of the real deaths, for example. We spoke with the uh, former doctor of President Trump, his name is Dr. Zelenko, and he says it's probably, that's how we arrived at this number, it's probably closer to 500,000 deaths after vaccination, what happened in the US uh, between um, December of 2020 and July of 2021. And it cannot be any different in any of the other countries. We know now, for example, that some of the lots, they have numbers, some of the lots can be traced. Some of these lots seem to be harmless. Our friend and, um, and expert, Dr. Mike Yeadon, and a group of scientists looked into these numbers. They traced the numbers of the lots. Some of the numbers are lots are harmless, maybe not really harmless, but they don't have any immediate consequences. And other, of, uh, other lots are extremely dangerous with a thousand deaths or so accompanying, accompanying these lots. You can see, you can trace these lots, you can take the numbers and trace them in, in Denmark, in Sweden, in Kuwait, in all of these countries, and you will probably not be surprised to see that these precise lots who turned out to be very dangerous in the US are just as dangerous in Sweden, Denmark, and in your country. Um, so the, lo the long and the short of it is yes, these systems are in existence, but they are being manipulated, just like they are manipulating all the numbers in order to confuse the public. Can you tell us about the informed consent, consent with regards to the COVID vaccine and how the population of the world were denied this right? Also, also uh, it is a part of human bioethics law. Yes, that's a really good question and it's simple to answer. Everyone in the civilized world agrees that uh, our bodily integ integrity is protected. It is God-given. Uh, you don't have to ask a government uh, to give you this right, but you have a right and uh, to bodily integrity. And if your bodily integrity is violated, for example, if someone shoots at you or attacks you with a knife, that's a crime. The same is true for any medical intervention. And this is an invasive treatment because you're being injected. It 
it, uh, it uh, destroys your bodily or it harms your bodily integrity. Therefore, uh, and this is the rule everywhere, this is the idea of informed consent. Any medical intervention is only legal if the patient consents to it. Unless he consents, it's battery or assault, and you get damages. Um, however, consent in itself is not enough. The person who consents must get, that, that's why it's called informed consent, must get full information about the negative side effects, in this case, about all the adverse events that have come to light in the meantime, about the fact that there are no clinical trials, that this is an ongoing medical experiment, um, and about the fact that there are alternative methods of treatment. All of these pieces of information must be given. If they're not given, the consent of the patient is invalid, and that means we're still dealing with battery or assault. It's a crime. Mm. I have requested in the last session in our parliament, the Minister of Health, uh, to if they are brave, uh, they can provide uh, the patient or the people whom would like to, to be vaccinated uh, some approval that it can protect or defend their bodies. So I don't answer, he keep quiet and he run from the decision. Uh, how many years are required to deceiver, deceiver long-term uh, injury as per common biothical practice? Well, I think this is more of a medical question, but if you look at the trials, uh, you want to know about long-term side effects. And that part of the medical trials usually takes three, four years, five years. In this case, nothing has been done. And that's why the makers of the vaccines can't tell you if these uh, vaccines are safe. We know they're not safe because we can already now see adverse side effects. But I think there's lots to come, which is much, much worse. Uh, if vaccine manufacturers are not held responsible for short or long-term injury, injury, shouldn't the ministers of health be responsible? I hope you well, say yes, because I will investigate the, our Minister of Health in Kuwait. Well, you know, um, yes, they are responsible because in your country, they probably um, allowed these vaccines to be administered. So they're responsible, absolutely. Uh, others who are responsible are the doctors who took part in it, everyone who took part in this. However, as we can prove that these, um, that the um, damages that resulted from the vaccinations were intentionally inflicted. This is no accident. This is not negligence. This is intent. Since we can prove that, there is no immunity. These vaccine makers will have to pay a very, very high price, which will probably destroy them in the end in damages. How's the Nobel winner? virologist Professor Locke and Dr. Richard Fleming given sworn affidavit uh, affidavits at the International Criminal Court at the Hugh, Hugh, the Hague, the Hague, sorry, the Hague. The Hague yeah. Can you uh, tell us about the lawsuits currently being held against the accused? You are lighting 
litigating in uh, existing court of law and will they overlap in your current U.S. grand jury investigation that you have started? Well, I actually, I don't know if uh, Professor Luc Montagnier and Dr. Richard Fleming from the United States have given sworn affidavits at the International Criminal Court at The Hague. It's possible, but I don't know. I know that there are several cases pending, but I must tell you, I'm not very optimistic about these cases. And that is the reason why we, uh, Viviane and myself and the group of international lawyers uh, who are conducting this grand jury investigation, did this outside of the existing system, because the system is totally and completely corrupt. This is true, at least for Europe, and in particular for Germany. Um, it is not as bad in countries where the uh, judiciary is still functioning, like in parts of the United States and also in India. But here in Europe, and this includes the International Court of uh, uh, um, uh, the ICC, here in Europe, we cannot trust the courts of law. The reason being that they have the other side has infiltrated um, uh, the entire um, socio-political all of these socio-political institutions, not just politics, not just the mainstream media, but also the university hospitals and um, the judiciary. Uh, we, are, um, we have evidence that the ICC and the Euro European Court of uh, Human Rights uh, has been infiltrated by them. They say that 25% of the judges there have been uh, paid for by uh, George Soros and uh, Bill Gates. That's why we are uh, uh, conducting our international proceeding outside the system, but its true effort is to show the people what's going on and then empower them by understanding they can't trust the system, um, empowering them to for, for them to get up and understand they have to do something, force their own judiciaries, if they're still functioning, to do their job. And if they don't, if they cannot force their own judiciaries, we, the people, should create our own judiciaries. And that is already happening even in parts of the United States. Can you tell us about Nuremberg trials and explain what judicial system we use to place on trail the Nuremberg criminals and what are the similarities of the current legal case you have started against the pandemic stakeholders, and can these charges be brought against enabling ministries of health internationally who are potential accomplices? Absolutely, yes. Well, the, the, the difference between what we are doing and what happened uh, in the Nuremberg trials is uh, twofold. One, the Nuremberg trials were conducted after the war had ended people had agreed on the authority of American, uh, English, uh, Russian, and French uh, military courts. So they did have the authority and the war had ended. In our case, this uh, grand jury proceeding is being conducted while we are still at war, uh, not amongst each other like they want us to do it. We're not gonna go, it's not Muslims against Jews, it's not vaccinated, against, it's, it's them. And we have to understand that and we will. So that is a major difference. Another major difference is that um, back then, even though this was of very high importance symbolically, these Nuremberg trials, 
the main war criminals got away. We cannot allow this to happen again. Back then, it was uh, both the Russians and the Americans who wanted the German scientists. That's why they were not put on trial. Uh, this is called Operation Paperclip. And through this Operation Paperclip, the Americans, for example, took the science of the German scientists um, who were involved in uh, in, uh, uh, the, in in military programs, and they helped set up the American space program. Another group of scientists, uh, evil psychopaths, uh, German psychopaths, helped create what is called MK Ultra. That's a mind control system used by the CIA. This is not going to happen again. That's why we need to wake up everyone so that they will force their own judiciaries to really do their job, or they will, uh, they will stand up, rise up, and create their own judiciaries. We have enough lawyers who are qualified for this, and we have enough people who can set up an, a new system of courts. According to the U.S. Uh, grant, Jerry, investigation and the natural uh, law which you have started, how will justice be served if the indicated are found guilty? Well, here's the thing. Um, this is an answer to both this question and the, uh, the one before that. Um, we're yeah. applying um, natural law uh, as it was explained by the judge uh, under whose auspices this whole proceeding is taking place, Judge Rui de Castro from uh, Portugal. We're applying natural law because this is something that everyone can understand. It is easy to understand just like the Ten Commandments. You must not kill, you must not steal. And this is based on the belief, and this was also used in Nuremberg trials, that every human being has a built-in, an innate compass that tells you what is right and what is wrong, what is good and what is evil. Everyone knows that if you get an order to kill a two-year-old baby, you must not do this because it's illegal. That's because that's natural law. It tells you exactly, and that's what we know. We know exactly you cannot do this. So that's the reason why we're applying natural law. The uh, outcome of this particular proceeding will not be a verdict. It will not be a decision that says that the uh, that the um, uh, figureheads, the putative defendants who we go after, are guilty or not guilty, that they have to pay, be, pay damages or not. That will not be the result of that. We're going after Drosden, after Fauci, Tedros, who runs the uh, WHO. He doesn't really run it. He's just an idiot who is uh, one of their best puppets. Uh, after Bill Gates, after Pfizer, and after BlackRock. Um, this is a model proceeding. That's what we call it. It's a model proceeding and everyone can copy it because as you, uh, this, is, this is more or less common knowledge, the same experts who are testifying in our proceeding also testify in some of the cases that have been filed pretty much everywhere in the world, including here in Germany, but also in South Africa. They will not change their mind uh, from what they tell us in our proceeding to what they're telling in the uh, proceeding in the uh, existing system. So what we think and what we hope is going to happen is that many people, even people who still work within the system, any lawyers, judges who feel that they have to uphold the rule of law, 
they will use what we are doing as a model and then do their own thing according to this model. That's what I think is going to be extremely su successful if it works, and I'm absolutely sure that it will work. I uh, also am, uh, I hope you excuse me because I am trying to uh, read the exact question which I received from people and from friends. So excuse me for this thing. And thank you very much for your kindness and be patient. For all of you, uh, I hope you excuse me for the same. No problem. Robert sir. Kennedy, the lawyer, has explained when the FDA emergency use for the vaccine gets removed. Then the people who have suffered vaccine injury can and will show the manufacturer and their lives. He explained that the global push to vaccine children is so that vaccine manufacturer and their allies will get legal protection forever under the Ronald Reagan Caris Act signed in 1986. Uh, can you tell us more about this and what are the international legal and criminal implications on ministries uh, of health uh, education who are enabling the vaccine manufacturer to exploit children's lives to protect themselves from legal cases? Should health ministries worldwide be served uh, a case and desist cease and uh, desist notice so they can be included in your legal proceeding against them? I think these uh, cease and desist letters make a lot of sense because what you do with these by, by using these letters is you explain in detail to the ministries of health or to the doctors or you whoever you sent them to that this is dangerous, that these are not vaccines, that they're not tested, there are no trials, and that they have no efficacy whatsoever. They are not effective. And if they continue using these vaccines, then they're put on notice, that's why they're called cease and desist letters, stop uh, uh, continuing with this. If they continue with this, they're going to be held liable. Uh, we just spoke to a lawyer in um, Bosnia, in one of the East European countries, and he managed to um, uh, to uh, tackle the um, vaccine mandates in his country by doing just that. He sent the government, not just the Secretary of Health, but he sent the, the government such cease and desist letters, and he threatened them with criminal action if they continued with what they're doing. And they caved in. They gave up their idea of introducing vaccine mandates. So these cease and desist letters make a lot of sense. They should be sent to the secretaries of health just as well. You're absolutely right. Bobby Kennedy um, is alluding to the fact that in the United States, uh, vaccine makers are, uh, get, have indemnity. If something goes wrong, then... Americans cannot go after the vaccine makers. However, that is only true if what goes wrong happens because of negligence. We are not talking about negligence. We're talking about intent. These producers are intentionally uh, trying to destroy our health and killing people. This is the outcome of uh, what a group of scientists around Dr. Mike Eden have found out when they looked at these 
um, at these uh, lot numbers. So there is no indemnity for anyone. So because of this, our government try to push and to enforce uh, the children and their parents to be vaccinated. And this is uh, uh, will be not accepted. At no all. way. I think I think they are doing um, a very not just a stupid action. They are breaching our human rights and our constitution. And we will not, especially myself and the honest people and the honest specialists will not and will never shut our the, the, allow them to shut our mouth or stop our action against what they are doing against our people, our children, whatever in Kuwait or worldwide. We should act in one hand, one action to move against, against these kind of criminals, peoples. Yes. I want to understand the logistic of CARES for the CARES uh, take effect and become globally enshrined in law. What is required? Is it by single country endorsing its children to be mass vaccinated using these experimental drugs? Or is the CARES Act obtained by a quota of the number of children needed receive to receive the vaccine due to their complying parents who follow ministries of health to allow their children to be used this way? Just well, talking about I sport. must admit that I don't know the details of the CARES Act, but what this boils down to is that it is a kind of um, no-fault liability, which means that if something goes wrong, because people get vaccinated, children in particular get vaccinated, then the makers of the vaccines will be held liable. In this particular case, they are not exempt from liability. They have no immunity because what goes wrong in these cases is not a result of negligence, it's a result of intent. Uh, I'm sorry I can't tell you the details about the CARES Act, but this is the overall view. If there is intent involved and they, the manufacturers will have to pay, which means that they will probably be uh, completely dismantled because what the, the harm that they caused, uh, if you look at the, at the damages that are going to have to be paid for this harm, it's going to be much more than the actual damages because um, in the United States in particular, if you can show intentional um, uh, damage, then you also talk about punitive damages, which means if someone as a result of the uh, vaccination suffered damage in the amount of a million dollars, you can very easily uh, add punitive damages on top of this, which can be seven times, 21 times, 50 times, even a thousand times of the actual damage. That's what they're gonna have to pay. Dr. Wadarg and Dr. Reiner, as you are aware, and we are now gaining awareness of the vaccine injuries are not experienced, experienced uh, by all. There is a talk about inconsistencies and the content of the vaccine. Also, also, uh, also the ingredients are heavily guarded by the manufacturers. Are you, however, able to trace similar vaccine injuries around the world being linked 
to patch numbers. Can you tell us about this and does this uh, mount to willful injury? Should you be able to prove these indicaments at your trails? Wolfgang? Good. Wolfgang, if you're talking, we can't hear you. You're muted. Wolfgang? Wolfgang? Yeah, I have to unmute. Sorry, I tried okay. again. So this is this is some fair starter. It's only a very, very small, just a very small uh, picture because of the US. Here you see the US states, more than 50 states here. And here you see the batch numbers here, the line down here. And this is, there are, there are much more, many more. And um, you have, uh, you have, you can see that in those batches, very often there is no, this is a side effect, number of side effects here, written here. You cannot read it because it's too small numbers, but you see that with some batches, there are no almost no side effects. And in other batches, there are many side effects and many severe side effects. And when you scroll down, such, uh, such uh, fields, they, they reappear. And those people who, who analyzed this, they found out that it's about between five and two and five percent of the batches have are responsible for for almost all of those of the uh, d heavy side effects and um, this is now this is easy to do it in with mares and there is a there is a home page called uh, how bad is my batch how bad is my batch and this is one word and there you can give in you you can fill in your batch number and you can find whether you have one of those dangerous batches or not. But uh, you know, as there are always new batches ar arising, we don't know it from the beginning, but we, we experience it very, very, uh, you know, a little bit later. So it stays dangerous. And um, what, we, what we see with this is that there seems to be something like a dilution of side effects. If, the, if they would give those batches where they have all the side effects, it seems to be something in that has an effect. It is killing people and it's hurting them a lot. And um, here you'd have, you don't have any reaction of when, you get the, when you get this vaccine. So we, we, I, we think, or I think that they try out different ways of, of uh, that they try out different substances with the batches and they have to dilute it because there would be it would be people would recognize when you, they all suddenly die and when they all get very ill and so so they have to have some batches in between that make us believe that it's it's only accidentally but um, in in reality all the batches that produce side effects that produce uh, spike proteins they are dangerous and they make thrombosis and they make myocarditis it's only that in some but in some batches you don't have this content and then you have good luck but um, we should uh, we should stop this and i think if normally such a thing happens that a drug is not constantly constantly containing the same stuff
And if you see such an inconstancy of, 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 of contents, then no yes, it's easy to take this from the market because there's something on the label, whereas the content, what should be in it, and if it's not, if it's if they cannot guarantee this, if the the, the quality, the quality is not stable, then uh, it should be in, immediately taken from the market, and it's not done. The agencies don't do it. But opposite to that, they allow they even allow the the drug makers to change during the use of their drugs to change the contents of it. It's allowed because it's somehow experimental. And uh, this is a very severe thing because when you are part of an experiment, and you should you should know it, and you should do it uh, only when you when you know what is happening and when you agree on it. Norm normally, I think most of the people would not be willing to be part of such a, a gene technology experiment, but they are. And uh, here we see that is, if there is something in it, it's very dangerous. If there is nothing in it, it's something like a control group here, when which is diluting the severe cases of side effects. Then you have good luck. But the more you get, the more injections you get, the more dangerous it becomes because it's like Russian roulette. You know, you never know whether next time there will be something in it or not. See, that's that's exactly the point. And this is what uh, a British undertaker explained to us as well. You may be lucky the first time you get your first shot. You may be lucky the second time. They may even use uh, saline water because you're just a control group, but you can't count on this. This is just like Russian roulette. Maybe the third or the fourth shot will finally get you. You know, this is not called a shot for nothing. You may get killed by it. But what this proves is intent. Because if vaccine makers are experimenting with lethal dosages, then it means that they are trying to figure out how much can we use to kill people and how little must be used so as to not disturb the population. This proves intent, and I don't think there's any way for them to get around this. This cannot be negligence because it is impossible through a manufacturing process, in particular if it's done by an experienced company like Pfizer, to have such extremely divergent uh, contents of uh, the doses. That's why I think it's extremely important and it's another piece in the puzzle that proves intent. Can you tell us about the uh, censorship, uh, censorship of scientists. How, where they consider, censored, censored. Sorry, censored. Yes, we know. We know. We know many scientists who lose their jobs when they become critically when they ask questions. Even when they ask questions, when they want to explanations, and so they are immediately put aside. They are immediately uh, then. Uh, criticized and, and so there is no public discussion, a scientific discussion. This discussion is taken over by if if we if do critical do critical publications, then there are some so-called fact checkers, but they are no scientists. They are like uh, they are like some trained students or uh, something like that who are who are just given some information, and they spread it in the internet and they spread it and they try to. They try to um, do personally personally attacks 
on each scientist who is critically and try to destroy the career. And many people lose their jobs. Many people don't get jobs anymore because they are they are what they have to be. They have to be critical as a scientist. And when they go on working scientifically and asking questions, there's no chance. They won't just won't lose it. They will lose their jobs. There is no there is no scientific discussion anymore. And as we have learned in the meantime, uh, even what we used to think is a real valid and independent science in many cases was just bought science. Uh, we can see all of this now coming out into the open. Um, by the way, Dr. Vodak is a perfect example because he was one of the one of the scientists who used to appear in the mainstream media, he was a real hero after he stopped the swine flu. And then when he became critical and asked, began to ask questions uh, at the beginning of this corona crisis, all of a sudden they made him into, uh, this is their, their typical reaction, right-wing, right-wing, Nazi, Nazi. This is what they do to all of the people in this country and in other countries as well. They always try to frame them as being Uh, right-wing or Nazi-Nazi. The good thing about this is the, that the other side is so stupid that they do not have any other means of going after us. This is just a knee-jerk reaction. Most people don't even listen to this anymore. And you can also see that on the um, demonstrations or the walks that are now um, people are conducting, uh, you know, to protest against the, the measures, you can see that it's just normal people, you know, it's like um, you and us, it's like regular yeah. folks who are walking there. It's not like, um, you know, left or right wing uh, extremists or anything. It's like, you know, it's like uh, health practitioners, the secretaries, it's like mother and their children. It's, it's like, it's... Uh, You know, it doesn't make any sense, these allegations. Also, we can see it like with us, since we are forum for like, um, you know, like investigation and like finding the truth about what's going on. We have been censored so many times, like during the live stream, um, you know, our stream goes down because like maybe the expert that we've just been talking to, you know, we had like one where Professor Desmond who were just explaining about the mass, um, mass formation, like, uh, you know, the social engineering, uh, boom, the Zoom went down like in while he was talking basically because it seems to be so toxic for um you know for the government side mm -hmm. uh, dr reiner now uh, many countries are easing easing up on mandates and uh, uh, there has been talk about uh, halting the need for vaccine passport and some have called this is a tactical retreat do you think the plan for digital identification uh, will never return or will it take a different shape or form and why? Really good question. Um, may I, may I, I may I shortly, may I short say goodbye because I have someone is waiting for me and I'm, I'm very sorry. I have to I have to leave. I think most of the medical questions that I have read you were answered. So thank you that uh, you put such good questions and uh, I wish you much success in Kuwait and in your, in your country. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you very much and uh, it is highly appreciated. Well, um, so I will um, 
I will answer the question. Um, the tactical retreat that some people think it is, part of it is a tactical retreat. I think so, yes. Uh, part of it is, however, that we are making progress. The problem that the other side has is that they have to rely on a large part of the population to help them with their efforts. And there is another part of the population. In some countries, it's 20%. In some countries, it's 30%. In the United States, it's probably more than that because the United States is very polarized. Uh, that doesn't buy into that. Many of us are waking up, understanding what is going on, are beginning to see the whole picture. They are understanding that it doesn't make any sense if that if you want um, real information uh, that you go for the mainstream media or even for the governments. Uh, the only way to get real information is to look into the alternative uh, media, and there are many of them. This is changing the entire landscape of uh, the media. Um, but I do think that what is happening in England, for example, where Boris Johnson was forced to halt everything, has to do with these puppets making very serious mistakes. Johnson, for example, I think this is his downfall, uh, was partying a lot while he told the rest of the population to social distance themselves, to uh, to wear masks, etc. He was partying, not wearing any mask, no social distancing. That is, those are the cracks in the system. Those are the cracks that let us see what is really going on. And therefore, I think this is not just a tactical retreat, but we're making serious progress. In Canada as well, 50,000 truckers forced uh, Justin Trudeau into hiding, really. Um, on the other hand, of course, they have a plan B because this is a long planned agenda and their ultimate goal is the introduction of digital money uh, of a one world government. Uh, and that can be achieved only through chaos. So if this first step doesn't work anymore and it seems as though their narrative is falling apart, they don't have control over it anymore. If this first step doesn't work, they're going to try and create other types of chaos, for example, by uh, letting us know that there is a clear danger of war in, in the Ukraine or in the South uh, China Seas. Uh, so they're not letting up. We have to be very careful. We have to continue with our efforts and we should not relax and think this is over. No, it's not over, but we're making progress. Can you tell us uh, your opinion about the mobile phone applications to prove vaccine status around the world? Like in Kuwait, uh, they call it uh, immunity. And Saudi Arabia called tawakkalna. Uh, and Qatar called ihtiraz. And uh, UAE, al-Husn. Uh, your expert opinion, have these applications stopped the spread of the virus because it is now a fact that the vaccinated not only contract and spread the virus, then why they are used? Ha. These applications are completely useless. They make the makers of the uh, applications a lot of money, but we know they're completely useless. This ties in with the first question or the last question rather, um, what the other side wants 
is complete control over us. They want us to become a completely digitalized society with people not having any emotions anymore, with people not caring for each other anymore. And that is completely impossible. They want to dehumanize us. They being Mr. Global, one of their figureheads, one of the most dangerous people out there is, of course, the founder of the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab. He, uh, he has written two books. I, he may have written more books, um, but the two most recent ones are The Great Reset and The Fourth Industrial Revolution. And in these books, he explains precisely that that's what they are after. Complete control over us, unite us under one world government. Even the Pope has joined in on this effort. He is a part of this evil system. Um, part of the uh, one world government is also uh, this digitalization. And this is only one piece of it, the, the um, digital passports, et cetera, et cetera. We should refuse this. We should not comply with this. Another important aspect of this is, of course, digital currency, because what they have done is they have stolen our assets. They have not just stolen our money. They've also stolen our assets. And uh, the, the current economic system has been so badly looted and plundered that there's nothing left, in particular Europe. Europe seems to be completely broke. They've stolen everything. And it was only a very short time until we would have found out. 12 years ago, when we had you know, the Lehman crisis, many, many of us remember it, that was the first almost implosion of the financial system. It's not because we are not producing anything in our economies. It's not that our economies don't work. No, it's their financial industry, their financial mafia, uh, the city of London and Wall Street, which uh, looted and plundered our coffers. And that's why the system is bound to implode. And in order to conceal this, they needed a distraction. That is uh, the corona crisis. And the distraction cannot be upheld for much longer. And th there's only a, sh a small window in time right now. In this small window in time, it's either the us waking up and understanding what's going on and getting them, or they, and they're going to have to be very, very fast with this, and I think they're too slow, they're introducing digital currency, getting rid of our currencies, introducing a one-world currency, which we will get through one world bank, of course, their bank. I'm wondering, are they thinking, are they trying to introduce a digital currency in your countries? Yes, yes, they are, the government is trying since uh, the last three or four months. So also we have a meeting with the central bank in the National uh, Assembly uh, on the committee. I am uh, uh, also a member of uh, budget committee and there uh, was a talk about uh, the digital uh, currency. Uh, and what uh, is going is uh, really a crime against uh, the human. Yeah. What is going uh, day by day, we are discovering everything. It's very obvious. Um, the, the, the basic idea is that they need to gain control over us because we're many more. Uh, they need to create, uh, gain control over us through these, what they think are necessary means of digitalization. It includes the digital passport, it includes digital currency. We have to fight this. We have to fight this because they want us to lose our cultural 
and national identities. We want to keep these identities. If I visit your country, I don't do it uh, despite the fact that you're different. I do it because you're different. If I go to Italy, I do it because they're different. We want to keep our identities. We don't want to be made into transhumanists uh, or transhumanist products because that is what they're trying to do. And parts of the measures that they're uh, using in order to get to that uh, result is digital currency, which we absolutely have to fight, and digital passports. This is all done by this Davos clique. Many more are involved, but the people who meet, they're called Davos clique because they meet once a year in Davos, but they also have meeting places in China. And they, uh, This group of people includes a thousand corporations with at least $5 billion in annual sales, but it also includes politicians, it also includes media people and other uh, high, uh, high net worth uh, individuals, prominent people. Um, actually, and you have alluded to this, um, actually Klaus Schwab, I think he's just another, um, another uh, puppet, but Klaus Schwab is boasting, running around and boasting that through the World Economic Forum, and its Young Global Leaders uh, Program, which has been in existence since 1992. They have infiltrated not just every government. I think he's lying. They haven't, they haven't gotten to every government, but he says we have infiltrated every government, every NGO, every union in the world. I don't believe that, but they're working on this. And that's why it's so important for us to now understand what's going on and for us as a people, of the of the globe, all of us to unite, unite and rise up and fight them. Um, we will uh, do all our best to protect uh, in all the ways by the legal ways and uh, um, uh, this kind of uh, crimes against the humanity. Uh, now, uh, I think uh, I'm now preparing uh, a question for the Minister of Health in Kuwait because it is not allowed to uh, do what they are doing uh, now. They would like to force us to vaccinate and uh, force the children. Also, since two years, they are stopping unvaccinated from traveling out outside the country, and this is against uh, our constitution and against human rights and also they are uh, not allowing any uh, research centers or doctor to talk about uh, the cases the um, to talk about the uh, side effect which have been uh, happened to the vaccinated people now they are planning, I'm talking about our government and I think our uh, countries in the Middle East uh, will do the same thing uh, to uh, put all their citizens in a corner because of uh, one thing, uh, some of our in charge people whom are responsible in some ministries are obedient of the international mafia whom are guided by, by uh, several peoples, but uh, and these several peoples are criminals against uh, the humanity, against all, all the things which we are facing is because of their crimes. Now we are defending our rights and uh, we hope 
uh, all around us, uh, whether in our region or in the other countries, uh, to wake up. Uh, they cannot. They cannot continue uh, their silence uh, against what is going uh, against their feel their selves, their health, and also their future. We are not asking the people to uh, uh, fight uh, uh, illegal way in illegal way. No, we are asking them to push all the action of uh, honor people, honest people, scientists, uh, and politics, legal people, to push them and encourage them that you are not alone. All of us with you, we are in one side against these criminals whom are trying to destroy our health and wealth, our countries, our human rights, our future. So I will prepare a lot. I'm now preparing a lot of documents and I will discuss it with you. Uh, I will join you, join you to uh, act against what the Minister of uh, Health in Kuwait doing and what his group are, uh, are doing against uh, our uh, uh, body rights, uh, human rights. And now I am, uh, I think I have a lot of people whom they are uh, trying to find for me some reports about these crimes what happened against the people here. I mean, vaccination crimes. And uh, I am sure that uh, I am. I, I will be exactly in your right hand or uh, in your left hand to act against these people whom they are not respecting our rights. Uh, they are not respecting our uh, uh, health. Uh, our body, our future, they are trying to destroy uh, our our nature and future and countries just for one sake, to fill their bucket from money or they are worried from these criminals. And as you have seen in the TV that there was three leaders uh, in, I think, uh, I don't remember, maybe Tanzania or two other countries, they don't allow these criminals, authorities, uh, uh, health organization and uh, these manufacturers, they don't allow them to enter their country and they stop vaccination and they don't allow vaccination and they have been killed. I think three uh, leaders of three countries, whether our people here afraid of this kind of mafia or they want to to obey them uh, and take us for the hell uh, there's i there's nothing to add to this this is about life and death we as humans have to unite we have to form a huge alliance all across the globe against these evil wrongdoers these people who commit these crimes against humanity. That's why it's so good 
to be talking to you, to be talking to the Africans, to be talking to the Australians. Everyone needs to be connected so that we all can share this information and we can have the uh, scientists who will support our case in the courts of law help us. We're doing the right thing, we're on the right track, and I think we're already making progress. We just have to be, we have to stay alert and not believe that this is over. It's not over yet, but it's looking good. Things are working in our direction. Uh, now, I think uh, if you have any um, new information or anything or a uh, new question from my side, uh, it is uh, enough for me. If you would like to say something to the people and in, uh, in face and in front of this screen, I would like to thank you you and uh, Vivian and all the honest people whom are trying to protect uh, our health and our future and our country and our economy and who are fighting not alone, but brave action, brave people, honest people. You are you are the people whom are trying to 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 pay from your efforts, from your health to protect us. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. We are the people and we will stay human. Thank you and thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. We will be in touch. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you.